The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I am become Dude Two, Destroyer of Worlds. I knew he was going to do something, and I was going to do something just to throw him off, but I'm too tired. (laughs) I om I... I, I am also tired. <laughs> <laughs> we are tired one and tired two. <laughs> I'm Joe in actuality. In case this is your first episode listening. Which, j- listen, for many people, this one might be. This it, one this, might. this one might actually be, so I'm so sorry. Welcome. <laughs> well, the, the chances of that happening are near zero. Near zero? <laughs> What do you want with theory alone? Zero! (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Get out of my Mojo Dojo Casa house. (laughs) With that near zero nonsense. It's Richard and Joe. It's not just Joe. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) And I just walk out. Wait, that's not what I meant. I'm just Joe. Anywhere else I'd be a bozo. Oh, I thought you were going with something completely different. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> he would be a garden tool is what I'm leading towards. Anyway. Um... <laughs> that would be a cat in a hat reference. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that, but <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> technically. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> this is what you're getting. Um, so hopefully you're having a good time. Um, we do have a very exciting double feature, if you couldn't tell by now, planned for you guys. But before we get into any of that, do two, just Joe, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Okay. Uh, okay. It's just, uh, work's just been, it's, it's been a whirlwind. Mm. Um, you know, not much I can really say about that. Uh, you know, just not much, really. I just, it's like I come home, I eat lunch, and then, like, because the way my hour, my hours are weird, so it's like, oh yeah, dinner comes sooner than expected. Mm. Dinner time comes sooner than expected. Um, and then I just, I've just been editing a lot of upcoming two dude stuff. (laughs) Did I get any more stuff, by the way, on that note? That I gotta listen to. No, okay. no. I didn't know. I, still, I didn't know if yeah. there was something else that I was missing. I get worried about no. that sometimes. I'm like, wait, did I listen to everything? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a mild existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully I've listened to everything. 
Yes. No, that's... Yes, that is appreciated. And... Um, you know, I was... What was I re-watching recently? I was re-watching... I tried to do... I split it up because it's such a long movie. I was watching Lawrence of Arabia last night. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, the first half, anyway. Yeah. Which is an over two-hour movie at that point, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one could say that, yeah. <laughs> Richard guy Richard gets it's very uh yeah. you notice he got very very like oh boy at that moment <laughs> because he knows someday it will happen on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I'm winking at but yeah. <laughs> uh and uh, honestly it was also I think part of it was because of our second feature I was rewatching um Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um I you will know, say, you know, it's it's funny because when I was watching our second feature this morning, which I'll talk all about, um, I thought of a I thought of like a completely different double feature that I felt like thematically and even like in certain aesthetic things made me made me think like if we did a follow up, this is what I think we would do. But I'll tell you about that later. So yeah, sure, we sure. Can kinda, Don't forget we about can, it. We can kind of build up this because I like doing. The, I'm dramatic, but anyways, I'm sorry. Um. But you know that that's uh, that's really about it on my end of things. How are you doing? Well, I'm tired still. <laughs> yeah. This so speaking of two dudes episodes, like we're in kind of a we're in kind of a, a time schedule like kind of crunch situation right now, trying to get as much done as we can because first off, we have a trip coming up, and you know we try not to. At least I I try to advocate for us not having to do anything that we don't need to do or at least nothing in related to the show even while we're on vacation because it's like let's just enjoy ourselves so that means we just kind of have to like get as much done as we can especially right now we're on a weekly basis yeah um and uh we're kind of switching some episodes around we're kind of doing a a few other things like right now this episode you're listening to is like a convenient thing as well as just being a, like a really smart thing because you know, this whole thing's based on a viral sensation situation going on. It's the whole thing is what our show's about in many respects or the whole thing in the whole respect uh, is what our show's about. And plus it just so happened that we watched these movies and it just made sense for us to just do this episode now especially because we were kind of delayed with the episode we were gonna have because then we'd have to watch those it's a whole thing so just it thankfully it worked out the way that, that it did and um so i'm glad that we were at least able to have this episode for you guys especially <laughs> given everything that you know we're trying to get ready and uh you know it's it's a lot but that's not like the biggest issue that i find um i yesterday at work was crazy um i was doing like eight jobs at once which i've done before millions of times but it's always stressful when it happens um just trying to get because we have a lot of new people at work as well just trying to get everyone situated and make sure everyone's comfortable and is able to do things and you know get all that taken care of while also doing my specific tasks that i have to do so yeah i'm sure this is just like commonplace other people hear this they're like oh i do that too like we see each other um (laughs) wikey just messaged us in the group chat um 
and now he's messaged us again. <laughs> I gotta turn my vibrations off, is what I'm saying. Thanks, Waiki, for reminding me. Um, anyway. So, there is one crazy thing that happened yesterday. This is a whole story. Um, this woman came up to the counter, and I'm working at the bar right now, at the movie theater I work at, and... Uh, she comes up and she's saying that she lost her handbag in the theater, which I sympathize with. And I immediately, I'm like trying to, you know, help this, help this customer. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Cause I've lost things in the theater that you have never gotten back to me. So I sympathize and I hope that I'm able to help her out. Then she starts like yelling at me and saying that she wants a beer. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'll pay you back once I once I get my hand. I I'm gonna go in the theater. I'm gonna get my handbag, and I'll come back. I, I just want to be here right now. And I'm like, I I can't I can't do that. <laughs> like I can't just give you something, and so it starts to get a little bit hectic at that point. And she's like, you know, I I don't know if she she cares about her handbag being missing because that's what I'm trying to keep the focus on. Like you know. The whole time she just keeps saying she wants a beer and she wants the beer now. She doesn't want to wait. She just wants it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't just give you something without you paying for it. That's not, you know, I, I, don't, I can't do that. And then she starts saying like, um, she's losing her patience and I'm, and she's getting on her last nerve. Then she's like, well, who around here has a cigarette? Give me a cigarette. I'm like, I, I don't know anyone that ha I'm sorry. I, I like. Did any, and I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to veer back to the handbag. I'm like, what's going on with the handbag? Um, is there a lot, is it in lost and found? What's going on? She's like, you know what? You find someone that has a cigarette and you tell them to meet me in the parking lot. And as she's walking away in our, uh, uh, towards the front doors in our lobby, she screams at me from across the lobby. Like, you hear me? Like at the top of her lungs. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I go to talk to one of the other one of the other managers from the other departments to let them know, hey, you know, there's a woman roaming around wanting a cigarette that lost her handbag. I don't know what's going on, but just be on the lookout. Um, so then some time passes and I hear that the cops showed up and they're talking to someone in the parking lot. Uh, turns out that same woman went in the parking lot and said she was going to shoot a bunch of people and uh, do blow something up or something or like do something violent if she doesn't, cause she couldn't get a lighter for the cigarette she had. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Huh? Like I, like I was already scared, but now I'm like terrified and I'm thinking a million things. Like I'm thinking, you know, what if that happened? in the theater at that point I wouldn't know what to do I would just be like alright I'm gonna duck and I'm gonna go away <laughs> cause that's just that's terrifying um turns out there may have been uh some a whole other you know personal situation going on with the woman I won't obviously I'm not gonna go into it at all but you know it may have been um something that was out of her control let's say and yeah. so uh um, I just, I'm glad she didn't hurt anybody. I'm glad she wasn't hurt. Um, hopefully she's, you know, you know, everything's settled, but not, she didn't show up again later in the evening, but like, that was like when I first got there, that was, <laughs> that was like, like six o'clock, like an hour or so into my shift. And I'm like, 
I'm already having to like do all these different things and then this happens and I'm like what <laughs> like I'm melting at this point um so then the rest of the night's just stressful cuz you know our double feature happened <laughs> and so I'm dealing with all the people coming in to see those movies and there's people were a little angry last night I don't know like not like my coworkers or anything but like like customers like seemed a little on edge so I was a little bit concerned not everybody was there was a lot of nice people but um there was definitely some some anger going on so I don't know if everyone else was just also having a really weird Tuesday Tuesday's just not a good day no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come out there and say it like Tuesday's just not a as far as the days of the week go my least favorite it's easily the the only the only good side of it is that new movies and new stuff comes out on Tuesdays but even then when I pre-order stuff which I pre-order everything I get those like on Saturday or Monday so so even even the shipping companies for like Best Buy and all these places I shop at are like no we get it Tuesday sucks so <laughs> we're just gonna get this to you sooner um so then I get home at about like one in the morning ish, maybe like a little bit sooner than that. And my brain's immediately like, okay, I got to watch our second feature because we got this whole thing planned out. Joey's seen both movies. I've only seen one and I need to find a, the earliest time because I know that's going to have the least amount of people B, uh, uh, a place I can be comfortable and see hopefully the biggest screen I can find within all these parameters. So I was able to get that all squared through and figured out. And I'm like, I'm going to get a snack. I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm going to wash my work clothes and I'm going to go to bed. And that's going to be the end of my Tuesday. And hopefully we can get things going for this uh, episode. And I go downstairs and I start making myself food. And I start hearing this noise emanating from the basement where our, our washer and dryer is. And I start to get a little nervous because I initially think, is that the dryer and the washer going off at the same time? Because that's that's la- that's louder than it should be. But it's it's usually loud, but it's never like that loud, you know. And I just kind of set it aside for then for for now, so I can go and finish making my food. And then after I was finished making my food, I was like, you know what? Let me let me just make sure nothing wrong is happening. And I go down to my basement, and it is flooded. Like, the the whole floor, the carpets, everything looks bad. The um, uh, One of the hoses connected to our water tank got a hole in it, and it started spewing water everywhere. Like, it was like, there's like this corner uh, on the ceiling in the basement just spewing water out. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh. So like, I have to run upstairs. I'm telling everybody. I'm like, the basement's raining. The basement's raining. <laughs> the red coats are coming. Ah, I was Paul Revere, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. Except, you know, no powdered wig. But uh, <laughs> so then uh, my dad basically spends the entire rest of the night just going down in the basement seeing if see what he can do and thankfully it's he said he was able to fix it so we got running water now but it was a whole crazy situation and i didn't get to bed till like maybe three or four in the morning and i'm like i gotta wake up early uh, <laughs> so i could drive half an hour to go to this movie theater to see this movie for this episode but thankfully after all was said and done i was able to do all of it 
even though I, I'm, I'm, I'm beat, but I'm here and I'm ready. I'm excited to talk about these movies after, after all of that, especially this is the one thing I'm actually like excited to deal with. <laughs> Whereas everything else has just been like, Ugh. it's been a shit show. It's been a shit show and a half really. Um, but folks, if you haven't figured it out by now today, we are celebrating the much, the much, uh, beloved at this point i guess unless depending on the i don't know this exciting thing called barbenheimer mm-hmm. um which is a double feature of the greta gerwig film barbie and the christopher nolan film oppenheimer uh it's been this thing that's been building up for a while ever since it was re- uh released that these movies were coming out on the exact same day which uh Everybody was excited about. I was excited about it. Joey was excited about it. You know, uh, this is just—it was like—it was like one of those things. It's like it felt like everyone was looking at it like Haley's comet. It's like it's a miracle. What is this? And so, like, people made shirts and stuff, and people dressed up and cosplayed. People wore pink, and people wore hats uh, with like suit, like brown hats with suits. And I saw one cosplayer put on like half of Barbie in her like cowboy outfit like and then half of Oppenheimer in his like normal Oppenheimer outfit so I thought that was really cool. I love the one shirt that's like a combination of Barbie and Oppenheimer. It's called like the like you know what I'm talking about it's like the off pink one. Yeah. That's really cool. I've seen a couple of those. Um but it was this big exciting monumental thing of these like two almost completely different but maybe even like very similar movies <laughs> in certain respects uh and it was just a, it felt like a big celebration of, of cinema and that's what we want this show to be and us being a double feature show it just makes perfect sense for us to cover this subject so joe denny dan let's get this kicked off correctly right off the bat what is our first feature today well, you know, Richard, <laughs> I, they say. I will say I've noticed the, 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 the sigh <laughs> a lot more often lately. Just the, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've, I, it's, it's become like a catchphrase almost. I'm like, here it comes. Here it comes. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like my, uh, I'm just camp. <laughs> yeah. <He's> just... <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, <laughs> I didn't. Well, I, I didn't mean to derail it, but if you want to start over again, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are we are talking about um, we're talking about Barbie. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barbie. <laughs> Let's go party. Uh, uh, uh. yeah. <laughs> Bobby, I'm still, I'm still thinking about that Bill, the, the Family Guy, Bill Clinton. Uh, like I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, 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 yeah. So, um, here, here's the thing with with, with Barbie. Um, Barbie, whatever you think of Barbie, Barbie's an icon. Barbie, Barbie, Barbie is an icon, honestly. Barbie's an icon, but also Barbie is like a Rorschach test, mm-hmm. where you show somebody Barbie, and we'll tell them something. We'll tell you something about that person. Do they view Barbie as uh, what is everything wrong with our capitalist society? 
is Barbie an inspiration uh, to feminism? The answer is uh, sure. I'm, I'm not smart. Uh, I'm not smart enough to answer any of these questions. So Barbie is this more is, complex than we ever thought. <laughs> Barbie is multi is multifaceted, and you know I think one thing when people heard like a Barbie movie, they were thinking like because there's so many like direct to DVD animated Barbie it's, movies. I feel like it's like Barbie and Tinkerbell were like at a at a competing <laughs> like who's gonna have yes. more direct-to-video adventures was it barbie or tinkerbell where's the where's uh, the barbin bell where's barbin bell. where's barbin bell where's tinkery tinkerby tinkerby where's tinkerby um but barbie you know and there was there's barbie's been in development as a movie on and off with different ways infamously people talked about amy schumer mm. being barbie and amy schumer had a funny reaction about that um on instagram <laughs> I, I saw that yeah um you know and then uh eventually uh margot robbie is cast as barbie and then after that um eventually greta gerwig our beloved greta gerwig our most listened <laughs> right, to listen if you if this is your first episode which for a lot of people this is most likely your first episode my from my guess based on our subject matter um, our most listened to episode, at least according to SoundCloud, which honestly, once you add up all the other streamings or the stream, the apps that we're on with the SoundCloud one, I imagine this is still like the, the number one episode <laughs> by a country mile. It's the, the little lady bird, L- little uh, lady bird, which, um, great, great yeah. episode. That was a lot of fun to do actually. Uh, and I also want to say too, shout out to Greta Gore, cause I, one I remember like, it was like 2012. Criterion put out Francis Ha mm-hmm. on Blu-ray, made by Noah Baumbach, who also co-wrote this movie and also is Greta Gerwig's partner. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, um, I like, aren't they in a relationship as well? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, wow, this she is so cool. She's so great in this movie, and that's a movie I got to revisit um, soon. Mm-hmm. That be might be might be an interesting one to talk about in our show at some point. But uh, but Barbie, it's like okay, it's like. All right, they're getting this talent. And we've seen this song and dance kind of before where it's like somebody does like a couple interesting movies or maybe one interesting movie. Yeah. And then suddenly they're given the not in the case of Gerwig, I don't think it's suddenly, but like for some people it's like suddenly they're given the keys to the kingdom, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right? I, I think about like um the one thing I think about Gareth Edwards who his yeah. movies always look visually really cool, but like Monsters was like his first movie. I think wasn't God, was God, if I'm not mistaken, was Godzilla his second I, directorial I th- feature? I think so, because it was like I think and it I, was Monsters, then that, then Rogue One. I think, yeah. And he's doing that, uh, the Creator, which I'm very that uh, that looks really good, really <laughs> sick. Like, I, I like, want to see that. Like, holy shit, it looks really good. So, <laughs> there's a lot of preamble to this, but point yeah. but point being, like, uh, there was some skepticism of like how good could this really be because. There have been so many, and I know it's like, okay, Greta Gerwig's amazing, and, and she is. Yeah. She's great. But it's also like, we've seen the studio machine, like, churn out and, like, really waste there's, artists in a, you know. Yeah, there's there's always that understanding, too, is that when studios come in and, you know, we're talking IPs, we're talking big budgets, nine times out of ten, the studios are the one in control. Which means that these, that's why I, that's why I never put a lot of, like, you know, dis- like I never get too angsty towards specific directors when a, a studio movie they directed tanks. Like I think of a lot of the people that 
uh, worked on Marvel movies that maybe isn't like their best one compared to like their own personal work, you know, because it's just, it's at, that's a Marvel movie. That's a completely different thing to like this thing that you're making. Um, so I, uh, I always try to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, but thankfully I think, I think what helped at least for me be like, be really because this 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 movie was like my most anticipated one of at least one of my most anticipated movies of the year i was so stoked for it um i think what helps too is that one of the producers is barbie is margot robbie um and uh i think she's not gonna let greta gerwig you know get taken over by warner brothers i you know and i think i also i i look at greta gerwig and she looks like a fighter in the sense yeah. that she would fight for, because like you watch this movie and there's no chance in hell that maybe outside of one or two little things, there's no chance in hell that this movie isn't at least ninety nine percent Greta. Yeah, and so um, there was definitely that uh, uh, perception I uh, you know from a lot of people. I was probably in the minority, maybe that I was just like, I'm so ready for this. It's weird, but I no, am. Uh, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the tra- the trailers, like, because that's as much a part of all this as anything. The marketing for Barbie. Thank you. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna be the little girl. <laughs> just... <laughs> Richard just staring off uh, blankly. Although it's actually kind of funny we talk about 2001 because that, for us personally, it also connects with both of these movies yeah. in different ways. Um, but also, uh, like, the marketing was great. And then it's like, you see the movie. Mm. And we, we are both, if you couldn't tell already, we are both huge fans of this movie. <laughs> Man, this is... This... I've only seen like a handful of movies this year in especially in theaters and this by far was one of the most fun movies I've seen and also like it's funny because a lot of people when they were talking about what they were going to anticipate from this movie you know part of that you know perception as well like it it was kind of surprising to hear that people were surprised that this movie was going to be like as dense as it is. And I'm over here like, I was hoping that's what it was going to be. <laughs> I think I, like, I guess I just feel like I was in the minority for a lot of things. But, like, I I, I look at the last two movies that Greta Gerwig did, and both of the, I mean, L- Lady Bird feels like, you know, it feels like it fits nicely in that, you know, like the coming of age story. But it has something a little bit more unique to say. And then Little Women, which, you know, we've had so many Little Women adaptations like that feels like it also is more than what we've typically gotten. Like Little Women almost feels like an Oppenheimer because there's like two separate like realities and shit, and there's two separate like things like per- per- perceptions, and it's pretty crazy. Um, so like I'm going into this thinking that Greta, especially with Margot Robbie at her side and and that production company, I'm thinking, you know, that she's gonna just go all out and have a great grand old time, but also like really lean into like a lot of the questions that people have about because there's a lot of stuff you could talk because I'm, I'm yammering but um when you look at barbie you know you just have like oh the the doll you see like you think of the commercials you think of the like sparkly you know pink everything it's like the dream house the dream house the sports all the car all the accessories like 
you know, you think of that, but you don't realize like there's a history and, and there's stuff that you could think about. Like there's like, like there's all these things that Greta, Greta Gerwig just was like, Hey, you ever thought about this in relation to Barbie? And so we get this movie that on one hand is very colorful. It's incredibly funny, but then it's like asking a lot of questions that at no point, I'm sure most people would have thought, huh <laughs> like is this in, in relation to oh you know what that's a good point <laughs> so like i was i was hoping to like both be like intellectually nourished but also like just enjoy and have just a really good time and i think i got all of what yeah. i asked for at least with this one it was a really funny movie it was, it was exceptionally it, funny i was dying when i was in the theater i was like laughing and a lot of that, now, this is this, a lot of this strong is, female personalities in this. Yeah. But we do have to mention, I think the MVP of the movie <laughs> is Ryan Gosling as Ken. He is he's not the not-so-secret sauce of the movie. <laughs> who, it, it just everything he does, everything. This just does, it's like, and it's it's such a committed performance, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, because I, there were people who were like, oh, is he, is he too old to be Ken, or, oh, and and I'm like, no. dude's hot, for one. <laughs> yeah, he's All babe. Right. He's a babe. Dude, it's like, it's it, he's, li- he is the literally me, me, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, but he is, but in addition to being incredibly good looking, he is one of our best, like, I don't want to call him like a comedic, like comedic actors. Like he's mm-hmm. good if you put him in like a funny movie. He's very good. You know, we talked about we've talked about him a couple of times, but I think you know we have like a, a real love for him from a comedic standpoint. Like I think of the time he hosted Saturday Night Live, which apparently is what you know got him this job to begin with, which is really funny. Um, but like I think about all the skits from there. Obviously, the the one we quote all the time, like. The Avatar skit, <laughs> papyrus. papyrus. Um, I there's a there's a skit. There's a little like bit he used to do with Will Ferrell, who's also in this movie. Um, uh, on I think Kimmel or something, where like the whole the whole joke is that um, there's another group of people who booked the studio that Kimmel records in, and uh, there's like a, a scheduling mix up and so they they're like shut up jimmy we're gonna do our show and you're just gonna have to deal with it and it's the knife guys they just sell knives <laughs> and so it's ryan it's ryan gosling and it's uh um uh will ferrell and they're just they're like while they're also selling these knives they're also just yelling at jimmy kimmel <laughs> the whole time <laughs> like at, like at one point ryan gosling does his like iconic like squeal thing that he does but he's going shut up <laughs> <laughs> it's genuinely so funny he is he is multi-talented multi I, i'm jealous of him for his whole existence yes for for sure but i also like that a lot of this is centered on ken because a lot of people have said this ken is basically an accessory yeah when you really come because barbie is the brand yeah barbie is the main thing the main attraction you you don't need ken no really like when like I'm like, look, if you want to get a Ken, just a Ken, that's fine. But like in the, in the marketing like sense, or like if you're like the to- toy company, you put out Ken because somebody is buying the Barbie. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, uh, oh, 
would you like a sports car and also a passenger to sit in that sports car while Barbie's, you know, doing all these amazing things? Here's Ken. And where's Ken's house? You don't go. This, this is really. It, he doesn't. Is that we don't know where the Kens go. You know? <laughs> the Ken, and what's worse is then there's Alan, and like you know, if Ken's useless, what's Alan? <laughs> well, you know what? I I have a feel like Alan, played by Michael Sarah. I feel like he's accepted by the Barbies on some level. He's not like <laughs> he he's like I love that like the Kens were like essentially colonizing Barbie Land. <laughs> And then Alan's like, I can't take it. <laughs> take me out of here. But <laughs> the leather. I can't take any more leather. <laughs> I can't take any more leather. And then he turns into like a badass and starts kicking all these guys' asses. <laughs> I'm like, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> uh, so funny. But so but I, but there's so many like sorry, no, there's so many great lines. But also I have to mention too. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is PG thirteen, this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna be interesting because i was even hearing from folks that i know where they're taking their kids to see this Mm -hmm. and especially the last joke of the movie they're like what's that (laughs) well that's that's okay so we don't have kids we we deal with kids on certain in certain situations but we don't have kids but here's my question i'm going to ask you um because i think this is an important uh question especially in relation to this movie if you had kids would you take them to see this movie One, would I have kids? That's a big <laughs> I mean, it's do possible. I, do I need another Joey running around? Uh, no. But um, if, if I have future kids, uh, sorry. This is this was my mindset at just before 30. Um, well, you didn't but, want us? But, but to answer that question, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it like this. Mm-hmm. If you were a parent, would you take your kid to see Spider-Man 2002? Because... Spider-Man is a kid-oriented property, mm-hmm. and that's a PG-13 movie. I think because it's a, because I, I think because it's like a gender thing, right? Because girls typically traditionally go through things before boys do. Mm-hmm. Not to make it like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 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 as a result, people are like more like, ooh, they're more like, oh boy, this is really suddenly like. Whereas boy stuff is just like people punching. Maybe there's some fruity language, and then that that's it, you know. Whereas this movie, there's like a scene where it's like, oh, they don't have genitals. Like this is a movie where li- little kids can be seen. It's like, oh, they don't have genitals, and the kids like, I have all the genitals. <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines in the movie. That is a great line. But going going back to your original question, I would say yes because I think it's also important to see media that is a little above what you understand. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to completely get... I mean, listen, I'm sure that's true with a number of our favorite movies. Like, you know, like when you saw Batman Returns, you you were feeling things, but you did not fully understand all just, of those it things. It was just Batman. It was just Batman, was just Batman. and Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, going on. Um, <laughs> <you're> not, <laughs> just, they're going on, you know what they're doing. This is, you know, you know. Hey, my dog's um, here. Oh, hey dog! Give me a moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but to, an- to answer your question, I would say yes. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, be, you know, it, again, I don't have a kid, but I, I think I would. I think that would be my answer. I, you know, I, cause... I look at this movie because I would too. I would like if I had a yep. kid, if I had a daughter, especially, I would take her to see this because I look at this like, um, 
I feel like Greta Gerwig went into this knowing full well, as as I'm sure anyone would, that you know she's dealing with a property that is aimed at you know younger people, young you know young girls, and so she's like, all right, well I'm gonna I'm gonna make this movie for them, and but also make it maybe about something that you know they're probably gonna start thinking about soon. You know, and so, yeah, so I, I actually like because I think about that all the time because like there's like with all kinds of different movies out there, like, you know, obviously like you were saying superhero movies that, you know, especially ones like when we were younger, because, um, you know, there's so many things that you're like, this is clearly something that, you know, kids could watch. And I know a million people would probably be like, I would never take my kid to see this. They're talking about like, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, is it not important for, you know, like. Like this, it's you know, obviously, you know, the parent, you know, you're the parent, you make up your own mind, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, I do feel like this movie, as much as like us in our thirties as adults and as men fully enjoy this movie for all the stuff it has. Um, I do feel like that for, to a certain extent, this movie is focused on the, the intended audience in a certain respect. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah. even it, it, it's kind of um, what was I trying, like? Not that because um, I remember we were talking about this movie and it had controversies, but Blue is the warmest color. Yeah, was what was a movie where like it had like I think an NC seventeen or like a you know NC seventeen rating, mm-hmm. but they had screenings for teenagers to attend mm-hmm. because at the time they felt like this was a movie like that they should see. Um, you know, and it would relate to their experiences and, and things like that. And it's kind of like the, not to get too into it, but like the people getting into like sex education, not the show with, with one Star- of Barbies is in. And, and uh, one of the Kens as well. <laughs> and and yes. they're actually each other's Barbie and Ken. And the other one's the new uh, Doctor Who, but that's beside the point. That's a whole thing. <laughs> um, but like, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like people like have their va- it's almost like a very taboo thing. But it's mm-hmm. like you want kids to have that information. I'm not saying Barbie is like no, no, yeah, the definitive. I, I think it. I, I that was the thing I was going through my mind was like, it's this taboo for a lot of people. It's this taboo thing, but it's like no, we should you should really realistically realistically have this information. Yeah, so you can more ver- like verbalize if something is happening to you. Mm-hmm. If some you know not. It's probably not the what you thought this conversation. No, but like no, like I I thought that was genuinely the point. Like, because uh, I think it's first of all, I think it's one of the most important aspects of this whole movie is because that's something people are talking about, especially you know because it is a PG thirteen movie, because it is a movie that deals with certain things that you know maybe you know, but people people are I mean, as as they should be like protective of children, but there's certain things that it's like is are you going too far is are, are you right. not realizing maybe this is necessary like to go back to to what you were to, to add on to your point with blue's warmest color i think of bo burnham's film eighth grade and how they were mm. doing screenings for that film for eighth graders because right. it because like this. it is an yeah. r-rated movie that deals with real eighth graders and real eighth grade shit literally age appropriate with all this stuff and all the stuff that they go through, and it's such an it's such a harrowing movie. It's great. It's so well made, but you're like you watch it and you go, I can never watch this again. <laughs> but like eighth graders, especially who are young young people, could watch the movie and immediately resonate with it because they're all dealing with right. everything. So like you know maybe an adult would watch and be like, oh, a kid can't watch this, but adult has no clue what an eighth graders doing when they're at school. 
or what they're thinking right. about. Because, you know, when you're when you become an adult at a certain point, maybe you just start thinking, you know, oh, kids shouldn't have to deal with this, 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 this and this. And in certain respect, and again, you know, everyone's different. Your mileage may vary. It, you know, parent, you know, do what you do with your kids. It's, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, there should be that question of, you know, you might not think this is appropriate, but is it is that entirely the case? Like like right. watch it for yourself make that determination and you know at the end of the, i mean there's going to be so many parents going to this movie i imagine i will say when i saw this i had a whole like family sitting behind me of like maybe two moms like a mom and a sister or you know whatever and like three or four little girls everybody's having a good time right so like the all the little girls are having a good time the moms are having a good time so i'm like you know that's that's what I think is the best reaction you can get when when everybody of all ages are watching this and really having a good time with it and you know that's like I'm 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 laughing with them I'm enjoying that they're enjoying it like it's a good time honestly and going back to that I think that this also connects with two of the characters in the movie uh, played by America Ferrera and uh, Ariana Greenblatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the movie you think initially, oh, is Margot Robbie, is the Margot Robbie Barbie the little girl's Barbie? And it's like, nope, no, <laughs> it's, and it, that makes, that makes sense. It does. Like It absolutely it makes so much sense. Like when, oh, I felt so bad though. When, when, when the, when the kid like tore Barbie a new one, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no. It's, it's in the trailer too, where like Margot Robbie's like, oh, okay. It's, that's fine excuse me one second also this needs to be stated i know we 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 gave praise where where it deserved with ryan gosling and we're going to continue with uh these other two but like you get margot robbie yes yeah like i did not mean to sidestep (laughs) we're uh, not gonna batman margot robbie (laughs) (laughs) which barbie (laughs) which is listen if you've if you ever listened to any of our batman episodes there's so many of them where it takes us a very long time to actually talk about Batman. <laughs> no, this this feels like the role Margot Robbie was born. Like. <laughs> She's except for that one scene, <laughs> which when you see the movie, you'll know what we're talking about. It, it, it's yeah, <laughs> but no, like I mean, I've I've become such a huge fan of hers after a while. I mean, obviously, like many others, my first experience with her was in Wolf of Wall Street. She's fantastic in that. And then being a comic book fan, being Batman specifically and a DC fan, she came in as Harley Quinn, killed it. One of the best things in a movie that was otherwise, you know, uh, um, but then yeah. she got to have her solo with uh, Birds of Prey and then came back for The Suicide Squad, both movies we've talked about on the show, both movies I very much enjoyed. Um, also, as a side note thing, I want to give a shout out to her and her production company for keeping movie soundtracks alive. Because like Birds of Prey amazing soundtrack she produced um promising young woman with uh carrie mulligan amazing soundtrack uh with with midge herself directed by midge yes i'm so i'm so glad you knew that oh yes (laughs) (laughs) which it which makes it like i I almost like to think of it as like okay it's not just some actress playing midge that is just like it's it's the promising young woman herself (laughs) Yes. Well, not Carrie Mulligan, the director, but still. Uh, yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> but like the soundtrack for that movie is great, and then of course the soundtrack for Barbie is 
amazing and we get that amazing ryan gosling i'm just ken (laughs) that that was one of my favorite that was my favorite scene might be one of my favorite scenes of the year especially when they're like it almost looks like west side story but like west side story meets like like meets like um like a gene kelly (laughs) dance number where it's just like it's in a completely different reality. They're all wearing black t-shirts. <laughs> there's a, Incredible. Like for a quick moment, there's rock, paper, scissors, and they they, they, they match. It's, uh, but no, um, Margot Robbie, though, just kills it. Every scene. Um, she's so funny, but also like, like all she, like a, a lot of the more emotional scenes obviously happen with her. Cause she's the star of the movie. Um, yeah. I love the scene that apparently had to be like fought for, which I'm glad is still in the movie. I love the scene when she's sitting on the bench and she looks at the older woman and says, you're beautiful. And she just goes, I know. And they're smiling at each other. I'm like, that is so good. I was crying. I was like, I love that. And Rhea fucking Perlman. Yeah. So good. She's so good. She plays the creator of Barbie and she has, so she's like God basically. But I also love that like weird existential moment where where um she's like but you're my creator shouldn't you like don't you tell me what to do and she's like no <laughs> so it almost feels like a religious thing now where it's like does god care what you do not really <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a religious thing but also it feels like a, like a commentary on like parenthood yeah and you're like mm-hmm. you know and, and like but also speaking of the religious thing i was talking, seeing somebody's tweet and I told you about this, where it's just like the Ken's like coup of Barbie Land is like a reverse Garden of Eden story. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like women women are not the de- men are the ta- patri- <laughs> the patriarchy. The patriarchy is the downfall, and that's the other thing too. I want to br- briefly mention or talk about mm-hmm. is like people are, <clears throat> have criticized this movie as being anti men. No, I think it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. But yeah, it's and I think they're they're missing the point because they think of of manhood as like domination and you know all these things and it's like no this is like it's saying like the patriarchy is bad yeah for both men for men for everybody but yeah men and women it's bad yeah you know and like um, like and i just also gotta look at the timeline too of like the kens because like when we first meet them like they're just there and they're there to serve barbie to the point where even like ken's like hey can we hang out and barbie's like i'm good and so the kens feel like oppressed a little bit so then ken finds out about patriarchy (laughs) and realizes he's gonna get revenge and so he turns so he helps uh uh like a like a revolution i guess and turns barbie land into kendom and so it's like he almost becomes like a like a like a quote-unquote like a villain so it's 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 a lot like um uh, Michael Keaton's Ken in uh, in Toy Story three, where it's like he, yeah, he's a part of Lotso's shtick, but he realizes that you know maybe what he's doing. Is, plus, he found love. He found Barbie. Yes. So, which also another great Ken. I like that we have two incredible Kens. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, so that's great. But then, like at the end of the movie, like you know, he's just like, ah, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Barbie's like, you just gotta figure yourself out. That's all. You know, I understand. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. But I love what he's just like, you know, when I learned, when I learned that the patriarchy wasn't just about like horses. <laughs> Stop the churches. Yeah. There's so many horses. 
everywhere in it's Kendom. Beautiful. It's, right, <laughs> it's stallions. That's the one. The one. The one good thing about Kendom. <laughs> all the horses. Stallions everywhere. But I. But I also love like the other thing I love about this movie is just like the Easter eggs of like all the weird barbies like the um the growing up barbie uh, like sh- sugar sugar um the sugar daddy the tv barbie. screen barbie and then there's the dog who eats and then just poops, <laughs> <And> poops. <laughs> which also on that note speaking of weird barbie i did like kate mckinnon as well that was a very fun performance i saw actually speaking of that yesterday amongst all the like people dressing up for barbie i saw someone like with their face like oh, weird Barbie, yeah. I'm like that's so cool. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. And again, like the product, I don't think we talked the production design mm. on this movie and the so behind the scenes of like the scene where they're driving or they're driving the the Barbie's car, and like you see like the road and the way how they're able to achieve that effect. And I'm just like, it's so good. This, this is this is why like. It might seem like an overreaction, but this is why people are reacting this way to Barbie because it's just a really well-made movie, and it's and it's 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 like so much more than than what you would expect. Yeah, in so many ways, like and again, like just from all the performances, you get you know everyone great, and again back to America Ferrera. You know, I know we kind of cut her off yes. there a little bit, but America Ferrera right. is probably like as far as the characters go, she might be my favorite, honestly, because like there's just there's so much there and she has one of the best scenes in the whole movie um with that i mean the much talked about monologue scene which was so good yeah um helen mirren as the narrator is perfect <laughs> so much fun <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite narration like in any movie i've ever seen yes it's so good um but just like everything everything comes together and like like just the, even the little details like i love the fact that like they go so far as to like when they're in Barbie land, like they're, they're pretending it, like, you know, like when she pours herself like a cup of milk, but it's nothing. Yes. <laughs> and she just drinks mm-hmm. it. Like she's drinking milk, but there's nothing, but then like, she's in the real world and she spills. She's like, Oh, I wasn't expecting there to be anything in there. <laughs> right. Um, or like Bar- Barbie floats, Barbie floats down <laughs> from know. the dream house. Yeah. It floats down from the dream house. I love the, um, what was it? The other, the, uh, bit of detail is like ever like the barbie barbie's car is smaller yeah than what a normal car would be so and they play with that and that's that (laughs) you see a full-sized hummer (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just the 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 thought the thought and care that went into it very much from like a a lot of areas Mm -hmm. but especially the production production design and the costume the costuming costuming is so good in this it's movie so good. i think about Ke- all ken's outfits in this <laughs> his movie. big old freaking like furry coat <laughs> and, and i love also speaking of 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 uh ken as well i want to give a shout out because like again we got ryan gosling we got margot robbie but we have a bunch of amazing barbies and a bunch of amazing so many uh ken's so many. um like simu liu emma mackey um, I, well, I, uh, going back to the music a little bit, I loved the Lizzo song, Pink, at the beginning, and then, like, the altered version after Barbie was thinking about death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, literally, like, this, this is, like, a stacked cast, um, from a director who actually gave a shit about what she was doing and wanted to do something so much more than what anyone would have expected, and, you know, she's the right person to do that, and, 
I like I I love this movie so much. I'm so excited. Like when it comes out on disc, I would probably watch it so many times. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, this was so good. Like, I that I at no point would have I would I I maybe the same for you. What have I ever expected to be like a huge super Barbie fan? I'm so tempted to get uh, one of the movie Barbies. Actually, <laughs> I'm genuinely tempted. I'm s- I'm seeing it again Saturday. Uh, Very good. My my. My mom, my mom was my mom's a huge Barbie fan. She loved the movie. My brother really enjoyed the movie, and they want to see it again. So, um, I'm like, yeah, I have, I have my A list. So, yeah, sure, that's <laughs> let's fine. Let's go for it. Let's let's see it again. It's a Bar- Barbie summer. <laughs> Come um, on, Barbie, let's go party. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, any last minute? Oh, Ken is is literally me when he's when he's just <laughs> beach. I don't like going in the water on the beach. It's it's like I went in a little bit with Allison, and I'm just like, I didn't go very far. I'm just like I I barely even beach. I could appreciate like a beach from a distance, but when I go on beach, that's when I'm like I can't beach off. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but, <laughs> like no beach off for me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Also, shout out to John Cena, mermaid. <laughs> And the, the, uh, the Dua Lipa, the du- John Cena, all the mermaids, all the mermaids, yeah. all the Dua Lipa. Du- <laughs> Her song is great too, uh, by the way, Dua Lipa. I listen to that one a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, so fun for sure. Um, but yeah, Barbie, Barbie's a lot of fun. Um, and it's like, I, I think there's gonna be so many weird th- lessons Hollywood takes from this. And I, I'm scared. I'm first- scared by some of the things they're gonna they're gonna take from this because they never learn. They they never, they never seemed to learn the right lesson it feels like i think there's two there's two important ones one make a good movie that should be first and foremost for any anything yeah. being uh, or things that are good that are success that should be lesson number one now, lesson number two women also like like move going to the movies yeah like, and i think and i don't want to say like there are have been female targeted movies in recent years but like this one this is the this is the highest this is the biggest opening weekend for a movie directed by uh directed by a woman mm-hmm. which is kind of an insane it's like 162 million dollars 162 million million and going that is like and it's it uh, well it's kids keep making money it's at this point it's made over 400 million worldwide i'm sure it can make a billion dollars honestly oh um, I, I have like the moment it the moment it gets that billion dollar mark it's just gonna be like yep <laughs> Yep, saw yeah, that one. It's but but ultimately, because it, it's like um, what was it Titanic? You know, like people make fun of make fun of that movie for different reasons. But I think one of the things people subconsciously is like, oh, this is like a, a girl, a female yeah, targeting yeah. thing. And same thing with Barbie. And again, Barbie's a giant brand too. Let's not you know yeah. get ahead of ourselves. But also, again, it's nice that people are going to the movies. People they people weren't just like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna wait for streaming for this one. I'm gonna go. We're going as a, like a big group. People are going in groups to see this movie, and that's exciting. To me. Like as someone who is uh, thankful, thanks to you know the last three years, still quite agoraphobic and uh, you know iffy about doing stuff like going to the movies. I I was like, I want to I want to celebrate this movie. I want to go out and see it. So I found uh, a comfortable opportunity. I didn't. There wasn't a lot of people in my theater because I went early in the morning, so I was comfortable, but. I am happy that I loved the movie, and so 
I'm excited that a lot of other people seem to share the same feeling and I'm I'm so excited to see the the climb this movie's about to make. Um because it it it's one of those it's definitely one of those movies that deserves every bit of praise and every bit of you know dollars that it gets. Because it's it's just it's just a great one. It it's it's a great movie and folks that's because writers writers actors uh, creative people they fucking matter pay them they they made it all right that's important especially this was made by a sec- this was made by human beings with hearts and fucking souls listen i'm, I'm eating my microphone is it, it going to come out as a poop <laughs> maybe could you imagine the sound just <laughs> That's a pretty good sound. I'm gonna I have to reuse some of those for something. Honestly. <laughs> I'll try. Thank you. Uh, all right. Um, and it, on that on that note, we're gonna take a brief intermission, and when we come back, when we come back, we are going to talk about um, uh, an explosive. Uh, that I'm probably gonna cut. That. We're talk about a, a three hour movie, <laughs> that's all I'll say without it being cut. <laughs> Is that great? Uh, Kelly Murphy impression. Uh, uh, I'm trying to be harrowing. Okay. Yeah. We'll be back. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, where we are celebrating the um, Barbenheimer extravaganza, this this exciting double feature in theaters right now. Um, in our last half, we talked about Barbie, which we both loved immensely, but now we're going to talk about something a little bit different, but probably just as uh, existential in many respects, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, Here, here's what here's what I'll say. Like my three favorite movies this year are like very existential. Are, are like <laughs> like they're dealing with a lot of shit. <laughs> Asteroid City, Barbie, and 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 are wait, where's the second... sign? <sighs> Thank you. Listen, you gotta, you're, you're like you're anticipating it. You, gotta, you just gotta. It's like it's like when the bomb comes on in this movie. You know it's coming. You know the boom is gonna come. You just gotta like. Give it a second. Do the thing. You just got to do one of these. Do the thing. (laughs) Yeah, you did it. You know, I like to say that audiences are a little smarter than we give them credit for, but moments like that, (laughs) I tend not to. Nope. Uh, Anyway, we are here to talk about Christopher Nolan's massive, absolutely massive film, Oppenheimer. But that was literally <laughs> me and everybody in my audience after we saw I, that movie. There was a, there, I had an older guy come out of my theater and go, like, literally this morning when I went to see it, <laughs> he walked out and was like, that was a history lesson, wasn't it? <laughs> that right there was a history lesson. <laughs> that's the review. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's if, the... If I hope that old guy's on Letterboxd. 
Because if he is, I'll, I'll know oh. exactly which one it's him. We need him as a guest in our show <laughs> at some point, honestly. Excuse me, old man, I don't know. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> B.S. Oppenheimer. Um, now, I, wa- I wanted to try to see Tenet before we did this. Did you get a chance to? I did not get a chance oh, to. I have Tenet. Uh, there you go. I know you have Tenet. Uh, you gave me the digital copy for Tenant, actually. I did. Oh, that's right, I did because I got it. Yeah, yeah I got it digitally. Yeah, which I did. Wa- I did want to check it out just because, other than Tenant, I've seen all of Nolan's films. I do like Nolan. I'm, Prestige, it, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I, we talked about the Nolan Batman movies. Inception. I mean, is a, is a beloved movie what if, that I need to revisit. What have we talked about? We talked about the the Dark Knight trilogy. Did we talk about anything else? No. That is that is that I, literally it? That that's that's it oh, wow. because we didn't talk about following Memento. Um, Which I don't know if we we'll, are we ever going to talk about Memento. <laughs> I mean, it would give me an excuse to revisit it, but unless we can come up with like a, a decent enough, we just we just review it backwards. We just just could you imagine just start off with like our final thoughts and then just move on to me going and we're back. <laughs> That, that that's that's the that is the Mojo Dojo Casa House of the Two Dudes One Double Feature. <laughs> that would be uh, yeah. No, I'm surprised we haven't talked about anything else. But I mean, we did have a plan for Prestige, but um, we're gonna save that one for later. I think we're, sa- we're saving it. I would love to talk about Interstellar. Yeah, I think I, I think that would be a really good one. I was gonna try to watch that before watching Oppenheimer, but I just haven't because every time I get home, it's like almost one in the morning, and that's a long movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it is long. I have it on 4K, is and I, I want to revisit it, but I just I will I will say on that note, Christopher Nolan movies are probably like like if you're getting if you're getting a 4K player, get get some Nolan movies. It's like I have. The Dark Knight movies, I have Prestige, I have Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Tenant, all of them genuinely look amazing on 4K. Yeah, I think I have a, I have a couple of those. Mike, my, for my birthday one year, Mike got me the 4Ks of the Dark Knight movies, and they look amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I was, like, put, but, putting in... Yeah. I, I can't, I'm sorry, I keep derailing. <laughs> put, no, no, like, no, okay. Putting in Batman Begins especially, because, like, obviously, you know, Dark Knight and Rises were shot with partially with IMAX cameras, but like going back to Batman Begins, I was like, "Whoa, this looks better than it ever has." <laughs> yeah, going back to y- your note about IMAX, like Oppenheimer, um, you know, obviously with, with Barbie, a lot of it is like, "Oh, the casting, just the the marketing, and and all that stuff." With Oppenheimer, it's it's really like the thing that everybody, a lot of people are talking about is the way this was filmed and um, the presentation of it. Yeah. You know, and this is not, and this this is a very again a very specific presentation. This is a movie that um, at New York, at like in most, in, there's a lot of theaters that cannot project this in its intended format. Yeah, um, because it is IMAX seventy millimeter. Okay, um, it's film. Okay, so like m- most movie theaters nowadays, when you go there, it's a digital. It's a digital projection. Yes, um, and th- like when a Nolan movie comes out, or there's certain movies that come out, like Kenneth Branagh's um, Poirot movies. The last two were in seventy mil- seventy millimeter, mm-hmm. um, so you could see them in like that. Seventy millimeter is like is is a format that was like very much for like epics and stuff. Like so, I was watching Lawrence of Arabia, 
that that's a famous 70 millimeter film. Richard and I watched 2001: A Space Odyssey in 70 millimeter. We did. Um, which, other than the parts where other when we fell asleep, was an incredible experience. <laughs> I, I remember when we took a picture in front of the poster and you're 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 you were smart in acknowledging that by going, Oh, and I'm just like doing the little girl from Barbie face. <laughs> predicted the future. Oh Barbie. Um But basically like it's a high it's the the picture the the quality it's the, it's the highest the it's one of the highest quality images you can get in any format. Yeah. I was reading I did a quick Google search because like 4K, everybody talks about 4K, it's amazing, and it's like, the resolution is like 18, 18K, and it's like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Like, the, 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 the thing, like, with Nolan, like, what I love about Nolan, too, on that same note, is like, this is something I think, um, Patrick Willems brought up in a video he did about Nolan, which it, uh, it, it I agree, uh, um, is that, one thing I love about Nolan is that, you can easily see his progression as a filmmaker through his filmography, which I think is the case with a lot of filmmakers, obviously. But it's it's definitely more noticeable. Like, you watch some of Nolan's early movies, and you can clearly see, like, he loves ideas. He loves, like, the vibes and the intention. Like, you know, whether or not a lot of it makes sense, that, you know, de- depends on you. But if, like, you can come out of it having a really good time just with this, like, little, like, weird sort of thing, then that's a good time. But then, like, he's also a very analog guy. And he, yep. he loves, um, like, old-school filmmaking. Like, even, like, I think even uh, people, I think maybe it was Emily Blunt or one of the other cast members on this one talking about how it felt like they were making an indie movie. And yet they were making this, like, huge thing. Um, but what's funny is that it's cheap compared to most block... Like, a lot of the blockbusters that come out this summer yeah. cost three times as much as Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oppenheimer cost $100 million. Mm-hmm to produce um but like what what's so great is like he he looked at like because everyone else is going like digital cameras 3d at a, for a small period of time which you know again digital can be a great technology um you know there's always that argument with you know what looks better digital or film and there's definitely times digital can look great but you know film just at least at least for for my for me for my opinion it does look inherently better um but uh, Nolan is very much like a film purist to the point where, you know, he's like, he kind of did, like, like it's funny, we watched Hugo and, and it's like George Miliez is like seeing, you know, the movie camera being done. It's like, oh, we could tell stories with this and do something crazy. Mm-hmm. So Nolan sees like IMAX cameras at one point, which for the longest time before they were ever used for film, which they've become sort of like like a commonplace, like to either mirror IMAX or actually film on IMAX. Um they were used for like documentaries or like special things that like I remember going to like Kosai and seeing Stomp yeah. in IMAX like oh Stomp right um yeah yeah but Nolan was like what if because they're because it's they're heavy cameras so obviously you couldn't shoot a whole movie at least not at that point uh, but Nolan's like what if for the Dark Knight we film select scenes in IMAX like the scenes that really could use that like oomph that extra thing and so you see those scenes as they're initially intended at least it's the best way you can, you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, like the whole opening sequence of The Dark Knight, you know, the bank robbery scene, is that much more intense and crazy. Like, just seeing, like, Heath Ledger's Joker just face first, like, into looking into an IMAX camera, you're like, 
oh my god <laughs> like it's right. it's absolutely breathtaking and then even just like all the other scenes like the the semi truck getting tipped over um for example and so then from that point on save for inception i believe every movie that nolan had done since then had some amount of scenes shot in imax and then each film just progressively was more and more imax shot to the point where like i think tenant before this was like i don't i don't know the percentage but there's like you watch it especially you watch it on disc um and you notice like the aspect ratio change between when it's shot on imax versus when it's shot on film on regular film um what's crazy about it is like the majority of the movie now like it going from the dark night where like key scenes are shot in IMAX to watch in Tenet and like a good chunk of the movie is literally like in that IMAX format whereas like periodically it, it goes back to the regular and you're like wait hold on go back go back <laughs> what's going on right and then you watch this now I watched it I didn't like the difference between Joey and I's experience is like Joey actually got to watch it in like true IMAX 70 millimeter like it's intended as it should be I watched it just from convenience as best as I could on like the biggest screen I could find. Um, but th- I mean, there is a 70 millimeter version in Cleveland, but I didn't feel like driving an hour given the, the circumstances, but um, either way, like this one definitely felt like, like the sort of culmination of that technology in his filmography being used to this point where it's like, now we're really going for it. And combining it with like seventy millimeter film and like the IMAX, like it's whoa. Just from like just um, from just from the version I saw versus I'm sure what you saw, which was like, <sighs> dude. Okay, so I want to give a shout out to Hoyt van Hoytema, who we've talked about before on this show, cinematographer who um, who did Nope mm-hmm. and incredible looking movie. Oh yeah, and that was also screened seventy millimeter recently and. I'm kicking myself for missing that. Damn you. Um, <laughs> How could but, you? No wonder, listen, your kids would hate you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my future children, I know. I'm, I, am a ter- I am terrible. How? I am so sorry. Like, like, they'll first be like, why didn't you want us? And then they'll be like, it's okay, Dad. We get it. But then you say you didn't see, uh, <laughs> you didn't see Nope in 70 millimeter. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you, Dad? <laughs> the one, the, the most tasteful like filmmaker you like <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you dad <laughs> you're eight you, you can't schlock? be swearing at me <laughs> you watch schlock <laughs> you did that instead you bitch <laughs> anyway uh so i did see this in imax 70 miller i just want to give a shout out to feehan because these both of these movies barbie and oppenheimer are not movies he would normally see okay um and he is not the target demo for Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, neither are we, but like, you know, and, and I give him credit for like checking the, both of these movies out that are not normally within his like zone. Right. So shout out to Feehan for that. And I think this is the great thing about Barbenheimer also is that if you're seeing both, you're exp- like, whether you're on one thing or the other, you're seeing something that's totally different from the other. Oh yeah. But beyond that, we went to New York city to see, Oppenheimer in IMAX 70 millimeter at Lincoln Square in New York City, which is luckily an AMC theater, so I was able to use my A list. So let me see how much my ticket cost real quick. Twenty two fifty nine. Twenty two fifty nine. I saved. I saved 
money. I, I mean, I'd pay a train ticket to get in, uh, but that's okay. I like how he goes, let me tell you how much I had to pay for this. No, it's exciting, but it was just funny how it played out. And let me tell you, this screening was sold out. There's probably, like, you could, it's, I think, was the occupancy, like, 500 people. Okay. We were in row three. Because by the time I was able to get tickets... They were already, like... Two thir- th- a lot of them were sold out. Yeah. And most and that's the case for most of this thing's IMAX 70mm run. So, folks, if you miss it this time, don't miss it when it comes back. Because I know there were some revival screenings of Tenet recently yeah. in IMAX 70mm. And I can't speak to Tenet, but Oppenheimer... Do not miss it. This might might have been, it's up there as one of the greatest movie exper- pure movie experiences of my life. Um, row three, I had to stare at Killian Murphy's face, and people think IMAX big action scenes, pew pew, kablamo, and it's like in this movie, this is a movie where people are talking. This is, this is a, a very there's talky. a lot of talking. <laughs> like yes, the bomb sequence that they do. Is fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's an it's an immediately iconic sequence. It is that I've been thinking about all the time since I saw it um, last week. I'm still thinking about it. But a lot of the movie, <laughs> like I was watching Redler Media talk about it. They did like a joking like Christopher Nolan's Twelve Angry Men, <laughs> and they had, like the really loud music as they were talking, and I'm like, this is Oppenheimer, basically. Yeah, it's 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 a. Um, <laughs> It's a movie, uh, it's a biopic, but it's also a, co- a courtroom, a courtroom drama. It is a, it uh, is, it's, it's a courtroom drama about one of the most harrowing situation, like the most harrowing things to happen in, in human history. Um, but base, you know, basically if you don't know who, but like seeing an IMAX 70 millimeter, just to comment on it real, like mm-hmm. briefly, picture's huge. Oh yeah. Screen is ginormous. Oh yeah. It, it is like, you're, you are not prepared Especially when you're sitting that close. You are not prepared. Like, there were memes people had where it's like, who the hell is seeing this in the very front row? And there's, like, <laughs> like Jin Erso and Cassie and Andor hugging each other as, like, the Death Star <laughs> obliterates them. <laughs> um, but, like, I was saying this to Richard, and Richard had this similar experience when, we, when he saw it. Mm. You could feel the sound in your chest. I felt it. The, the chair was shaking. The, the, sh- the chair was shaking, not the chair was sh- shaking. The, sh- the chair was shaking. The chair. Like, it was chair. like, like, Nolan was, like, stepping on your chest. Like, with just, like... Stepping on my chest, like, kicking me in the nads, the whole, the whole nine. And we thank him for Thank it. you so we much thank for that. him for the privilege. <laughs> um, no, but, like, it, and uh, again, I was thinking about our 2001 experience, like, like, the opening, like, like the, the, the monolith sound in the, like, the, or, like, the, or, just, or the, um, like at the at the beginning, and I'm like, it's one of those things where it's like you never forget it. So let's talk about the seventy millimeter experience. Like the sound is amazing, the picture is incredible. You do I saw scratches and like little um, like dust part, like little like marks and particles, mm. and that was beautiful because again, we were talking about this Barbie because like the sets and all that. This was made by people. This, this is, is this is clearly a yeah. Like th- and that I think that's one of the things I really loved about it was like this is a a a, a man made thing. Um, Literally, Christopher this... Nolan made it. Well, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it, it's a, a man made thing about this story. As long as we didn't say that about uh, Barbie. <laughs> Barbie, Noah Bombach had a role. Because people be like, "What Noah are you talking Bombeck. about?" <laughs> Noah Bombach probably contributed to Mojo Dojo. Kasa he wrote house. that. He wrote that line, and he was like. 
No, he just wrote Mojo Dojo House, and then and then Greta Gerwig's like, no, 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 Mojo Dojo Casa House, and he's like, why? She's like, it's really funny. <laughs> it's really funny, and that's what a guy would call it. <laughs> but anyway, like this is because it is this story about um, it, it, this, J. Robert again, Oppenheimer. J. Robert Oppenheimer. The father of the atomic bomb. The dude okay. that had a picture of himself in Jurassic Park. Yes. And he looked like the lawyer. And I always <laughs> thought, I'm like, because as, as I think I told the story, like, as a kid, I'm like, why does Wayne Knight have a picture of the lawyer? I like that when you were a kid, you knew who Wayne Knight was. <laughs> I knew you guys. <laughs> um, but it, it is, like, so it's, it's about... You know, and again, it takes place in multiple points in time. It's a Nolan movie, so it's yeah. not totally the, linear. The, the main the main gist to to let you guys know about is that there's two perspectives of the movie. It takes place over the course of, I mean, really Oppenheimer's life from like his school days to you know the, I mean, he doesn't die in the movie or anything, but like towards the end of his life. But it does focus specifically on. Um, when he discovers, you know, the you know splitting atoms, and, like, <laughs> and then of course building the atom bomb uh, during uh, World War Two, and you know then of course the hydrogen bomb and you know all that stuff. But uh, uh, the two perspectives you have are obviously Oppenheimer, who's played by Killian Murphy, and uh, it, that all those scenes are in color. And then um, there's uh, a whole bunch of scenes that are in black and white. That take place from the point of view of Strauss. What's what's his full name? Strauss. Louis Strauss. Louis Strauss, who's played by uh, Iron Man himself, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and so that like with with the Strauss parts, it really is mostly just like there's a few like time jumps here and there, but it's really mostly just like you know his more objective like angsty feelings towards Oppenheimer. And like they're sort of this like kind of back and forth that they have, uh, whereas the Oppenheimer point of view is really more like a lifespan sort of thing. It feels like, but they do they do jump around a lot. Um, but there's like you were telling me when you saw it that there was like kind of a dreaminess to it as well. So like like I loved the scenes when um, uh, Oppenheimer like sees molecules and sees atoms and stuff and like sees the world from that like sort of maybe not mathematical but like that sort of molecular level it made me think of um obviously like it does with a lot of things uh not batman superman haha plot twist <laughs> really subverting our expectations here richard yeah take that dicks anyway uh, <laughs> so there's a scene in the comic uh, all-star superman where um, Lex Luthor finally gets the abilities of Superman for a brief period of time. And as he's in the middle of, like, doing, you know, his thing and, like, harming Metropolis, he starts seeing particles, and he starts seeing the little things that Superman can see and how meaningful everything is. And so it made me think of that a little bit, and I was like, oh, like... That would be cool if that happened in, in like in the Superman Legacy movie, which is supposed to be like very uh, connected to All Star Superman. But it made me think of that a little bit. Um, but a lot of those scenes were very like dreamy. Yeah, I, I mean that that, but also like this the scene after when he makes that when he makes that like speech to everybody about about the test being successful. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, like everybody, it's like a, it's, it's a, a, my letterbox review. I said, this is the stuff that the crossed s- out dreams, mm-hmm. nightmares are made of. The and silence. This, this, you emphasize the silence, the silence, the silence of this movie and the sounds of course, but also like just, just the, the sheer, like how some of these emotions that people have are, are almost, it can be akin to like the opposite. So like people are like stomping or like cheer, like cheering and and laughing and it get, it's almost eerily similar to like the 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 screams and the crying mm-hmm. you know it's like and it, it there's a lot to be said about about the different perspective but I thought that was really fascinating that was really an amazing scene it's amazing you follow up that trinity incredible trinity like trinity sequence with that yeah you're just like holy fucking shit but also cuz there's obviously like they're inter- they're interrogating him uh, in like the is not they don't call it a trial no but they have it sort of it's behind like a, closed door yeah it's like um I don't know what you would call it like uh but like J- yeah. Jason Clark is like you know trying to like you know is answer is making trying to make him answer these questions because they they think he's a like, communist they think he's a communist yeah. And I just uh, and there's all these ca- obviously there's a lot of characters in the movie Emily Bl- and there's like a vision where it's like he he's you see him nude and yeah. then you see Florence Pugh is on top of him but then you see like Emily Blunt look look at him like like and it's like I love like that that's like that so, subjective the, like this um, the more like surreal yeah. 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 Um, which was really cool. I mean, really cool for I, again for a story that was very real. You know. Like that's 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 the thing. Like, this is definitely one of those movies. Because like, what I how do I how do I start with this? One thing I always found sort of interesting with like a lot of biopics is like, yeah, they're they're based on true things, but I feel like it's been a long time since I've been able to like really think about the real thing while you're watching the movie. Because sometimes you're just you're just engulfed in the movie. Like I I think of people when they watch Titanic. Going back to that. You know, Titanic went from being like an actual like incredible tragedy, which we talked about on this show because we did an episode on Titanic, and then like in the '90s it became like as pop culture as like anything, you know, like you know, it was it was pop it was it was in fact pop culture, just like Leo uh, and Kate and the old lady and uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion, and so it like there was a clear disassociation from like this is about a real awful thing like the movie itself is incredibly good and it does a great job in telling the story it's telling but also like it's like we need to remind people like this is this was harrowing but no one thought about that because they were so enamored with the first half as opposed to the second half but like this reminded me of like watching saving private ryan at least that first half and like being reminded just how real something is so like you know you're kind of enamored by like how fascinating if not complicated and somewhat scary Oppenheimer is as a person in the film but like when they get closer and closer to building the atomic bomb and like what they're learning about it cuz like you know they discover all these things and all these particles like you know plutonium uranium you know quantum physics all that stuff and you really start to realize this this is not this is scary you know oh oh my dad's here. Oh, he's petting the dog. I'm just looking for my pup. She's right here. She's just enjoying herself. Oh, we had a hell of a day right here, Joey. Yeah, that's I, what I've yeah, heard. I told him about it. Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, 
So like, yeah. So like, um, you're watching the movie, and especially when they get to the bit when they talk about dropping it on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and you're like, I think at that point, even though they don't show it, they never show it. No. Um, you're still thinking about it. You're still very much like, especially when you know the it's broadcast across Los Alamos that the the bomb was successful, but everyone's crying while also shaking hands. It's like a, it's like the most visual representation of it's complicated. <laughs> like <good> jobs, <laughs> but but what I love about this too, like one of the other things with Nolan's films is the uh, is obsession, mm-hmm. right? The bat the Batman movies, Batman is obsessed with taking down crime. Yeah. Okay. You have the prestige where these two guys are obsessed with each other. These, <laughs> obsessed with each other in this dick measuring contest. Okay? Well, well, want. Want. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're magicians. Want. Never mind. Okay. Move on. It's not Harry Potter. Stop it. Stop it. Joey didn't get Actually, my joke. It's, it's a bad joke. It was no, a I'm great joke. Wand. You were saying, "Oh, first you were saying your one joke was bad. Was bad." And I'm like, yeah. "No, that was a f- yeah." Or, or, oh no, your idea. Sorry, never mind. Obsession. Obsession. All right, let's obsession. Right. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, and this movie is very much that. Like, this is a story. Like Oppenheimer is very much obsessed with the theoretical end mm-hmm. of, of of all this stuff. And this is what happens when you get to the unfortunate conclusion that this brings about. And it's it's kind of like a like he's almost he almost like ignores reality. Yeah. Because he it's it's like, oh no, it's like, you know, they they're like up to up until like the, the like the Trinity test, it's like, okay, this is this thing that we're doing. We gotta do it. We gotta do it to beat the Nazis. It's almost like this this highfalutin idea of like okay we gotta take out we gotta take down the nazis because it seemed like such a noble goal right yeah at that time but then the nazis obviously they surrendered they lost um but now we have another target we have japan and we could still use this weapon for something and it's becoming more and more like oh this is getting more and more real and then it becomes real and then he, he sees what the effects we don't and again, like you said, we don't see what the effects are, but he, we see him like we see his reaction Ugh. to the effects. And we see his yeah. reaction to the effects. Um, and I, I, there's like there's so many good great scenes. Like I was thinking about the scene where um, Kenneth Branagh is as as Niels uh, Niels Bohr mm-hmm. is talking to Oppenheimer, and he's like, "Look, what you're creating here is going to live much longer than the Nazis. Like the the problem of the Nazis is going to be. Go- I mean, we have neo Nazis, but like right. this immediate Nazi Germany problem is going to be." It's gonna be. It's gonna wrap up at some point, and then you're you're gonna be left with this this moral this conundrum. Yeah, and it leads to the the most probably one of the most haunting like endings I've seen recently in a movie where it's just like, I, I want to get the I have the exact line pulled up like real quick, where he's talking to Einstein, and it's that conversation that um, Strauss is obsessed over, right? And he goes, Hoppenheimer's like, when I came to you with these calculations. We thought we might start a chain reaction that would destroy the entire world. Einstein, I remember it well. What of it? I believe we did. And, <laughs> like, because, listen, it's 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 very rare. Because sometimes, it, like, when people say things are really important, I'm guilty of this. It's hyperbolic. Yeah. But Oppenheimer is one of the most significant people of not just the 20th century, but I think of human history. 
because of this every like with with this this has shaped our world in in, in so many ways and it continues to shape our world but anyway yeah <laughs> i'm still thinking about wands uh, <laughs> I, I i i got a little too uh <laughs> my bad. The, the whole time i'm just like i'm gonna title the the, the audio for this wands <laughs> i'll just change it to dicks it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he got that one. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I, that's I'm going too far. Uh, <laughs> no, like um, that. This movie, right? The whole time, you know, I'm thinking about like how it relates a little bit to like current stuff. Like I'm thinking about like our gun crisis we got going on with you know like that scene where he's talking to Truman and. Uh, he's like, I have, bl- I feel like I have blood on my hands after, you know, you know, dropping the bomb. And then Truman's like, they don't care who made the bomb. They care who dropped it. I dropped it. And then he called him a crybaby. Like, yep. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm like, no, no. Like what, what Oppenheimer and, and his team did, did something that, like you said, just changed everything. Like this is a whole new world as Ariel would say after all this happened, because it wasn't just that they built like a bomb. Like it wasn't that it's not just that it's that they built something that could effectively just destroy everything. And it changed the the way we looked at warfare. It changed everything. Cause like there's even that whole, like, like uh, Albert Einstein said in, in that one scene, like, you know, other people acquiring, the same technology, you know, there's, uh, to go back to another Nolan film, the, you know, the dark Knight movies, uh, escalation being a factor as well. Like, you know, you make the yeah. atomic bomb. Well, someone's going to make something bigger. <laughs> yeah. They were going to make that develop, try to develop the hydrogen bomb. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, and so like, uh, you know, it, what it's like, you're, you're so busy with like focusing on making the thing without maybe initially realizing what exactly you were doing. Yeah. And, you know, now now this world we live in, like, you know, we had so many situations, like, you know, now we're getting, like, nuclear threats all the time. <laughs> we're getting, like, you know, all types of different things. And it, it's crazy to think that, you know, this one moment in time that maybe at the time wasn't seen as anything, like, at least by them, like, damaging necessarily, maybe, but... It's it's really crazy, like, because like, that's something I was thinking about the whole time. Like, they were developing it and, like, um, getting the whole team together uh, to, to make the bomb and then the Trinity test. And then, of course, actually using the bombs. Like, the whole time, I'm just, like, that's what I was talking about earlier. Just, like, how that made me think about, like, this this is real. Like, th- like this, like, if this was just a fake movie, like, I would still be, like, riveted and, and invest, invested in everything. But, like... This actually happened. <laughs> this like, yeah, like this actually happened. Like you get smacked with reality watching this movie, which I feel like I don't know what it, I with a lot of other biopics, like maybe I just don't feel it as much. But with this one, I definitely I, felt it. It's such a high stakes thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, and I think Nolan, um, Nolan, you know, is a, is able to present that. Uh, with the level of seriousness and gravitas that it needs, no. But it also there are also some like funny moments in the movie, um, and it's also darkly comic. Like I think one of my fi- like, gallows like, humor. 
to quote uh, Oppenheimer, I think, at one point. Yeah, where they're talking about, like, places to drop the atom bomb and, like, oh, this place is going to be too small or it's, it's too big to make... And then somebody says, we we marked off, we crossed off Kyoto because um, it's a cultural site. But oh, I went on vacation there, yeah. I went there with my wife. <laughs> it's just like, it's like the Western, like, you know, Im, you know, imperial, you know, colonialist, uh, yeah. imperial, all that, all that, um, all that stuff. But I was also thinking about this too, and I was, I, I might've talked to you about this, uh, and I was, this is a take that I, it's not, not the whole movie, but it's like it kind of makes sense is like the idea of Oppenheimer as a filmmaker, like Oppenheimer as like an artist. So, he so like, kind of, it's like in the, like the same lines as people describing like heist movies as like about filmmaking in a way. Yes, okay. exactly. Um, because again, you, you have this team, you assemble this team mm-hmm. and you make, you make this movie and you real you put it out and it's, it's, ex- you look at it, you do a test and it's exciting. And then Truman is the producer. He's <laughs> yeah, like, it's, my, it's my movie now. You, you cry, um, baby. And then later on, you get grilled over like your objections for things or certain things that you might have done in your movie. Like, I, I think to me that's also a fascinating. Obviously, that's a very yeah, the, yeah. It's it's a it's another level of appreciation that I have for this um, movie. Can we also appreciate too? This is the character actor Olympics, <laughs> <laughs> which. I mean, I knew of, like, a handful of people that were already in the movie, um, but then, like, I remember seeing on, like, a, on Twitter in some places, like, people were talking about all the different faces that showed up and all the different character actors, and then you were like, this is, like, the end game of character <laughs> actors, so I'm waiting for, like, the, the, the hydrogen bomb to be set off or something, and then everyone walks out of the, the cloud, it's just <laughs> Oppenheimer leading them, like, scientists! develop ah! <laughs> <laughs> like 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 like, like I, I remember we were talking about this you were like rami academy award winner rami Malik <laughs> was almost just gonna be guy with clipboard like i thought that's what he was gonna be credited as this guy with clipboard i'm like this best picture actor or best uh, actor winner rami Malik <laughs> is clipboard guy but then he gets a whole like scene and he's, a gr- he's got a great Everybody, it's like it's like some of their best. Like Dane DeHaan is in this movie as a weird like military guy, like a little like a little like, snivelly, you know, a little. He's like so unnerving and he's yeah. so good. He's, he's uh, very good. Alden, Alden Ehrenreich is like who obliterates Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Han like, Solo shot first this time. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, Obviously, uh, Bernard the Elf from the Santa Claus. Crumholtz! I love Crumholtz. Crumholtz. He's so damn good in this. He's so good. I Like, Oppenheimer needed that one buddy that's just like, you need to eat. <laughs> like, 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 that almost felt like, like, like you and me, like, you're like, you're looking at me like, you need to eat. <laughs> like, are you okay? You need to eat. And I'm just like going, our episode blew up the world. <laughs> But I just, and it also, I think it was a Tom Conti as as Einstein. Oh uh, yeah, he, uh, mm. he appears in the movie more than we we were expecting, but he's so good. He's so good. Like uh, Joey told me, he has like a like a Nick Fury moment where a car drives away and he's just there. And I I was like, is that his only like? Like I thought he was gonna have like two scenes, and that was one of them. <laughs> but he was like, he has like eight or nine scenes, and like one's repeated because it's like the whole end of the movie. Yeah. Um. But uh. No. He's very good. 
Also, got to give a shout out to to my boy, our boy, Josh Hartnett. Um, yes. Love Josh Hartnett. I'm listen. He's definitely he's he's showing up a lot more in things. Like he's been in uh, a couple of uh, uh, Guy Ritchie's movies recently, and um, he showed up. Obviously, we love him on Penny Dreadful on that show, yeah. and that was on. And so he shows up here, and I'm like, Josh, come on, Renaissance. Let's get it, and I keep I, I keep seeing people say like get him in the get him in the Batman, and I'm like, listen, if he's in the Batman, I will be so happy. But I want him just in anything. <laughs> just, I'll take anything at this point, guys. Give him work. <laughs> yes, um, like he's great. Gary Oldman is Truman. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's very good as Truman. He's. Oh. My God, like Fee and I were talking about it. Like he's, you know, because Lon Chaney Senior was like the man of a thousand faces. And I feel, I feel like like Oldman is like one of the few actors, one of those few actors who probably could take who oh, is yeah. like the modern equivalent of that. I want to see his Winston Churchill interact with his Truman. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that he's playing. Oh my God! Now he needs to play Stalin to complete the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he could probably put on a really good accent. He's 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 a chameleon. He's a, he's a good, or, or you know what? What else he needs to do? He also just needs needs to be FDR just because. <laughs> that way, it's just Gary Oldman as FDR to Gary Oldman as Truman. <laughs> then just 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 as a plot twist, he gets to reprise his role as Dracula. <laughs> it just shows up, Truman. <laughs> it's me. I've crossed an ocean of time to find you. <laughs> you just get Winona Ryder running and seeing her friend get eaten while the bomb's going off. Like, oh. um. Also, gotta gotta say, Emily Blunt. Um, Emily Blunt ha- kills is, it. She's she's very good, and you know she's she's very good she has the, the great the great scene uh I feel, she's being inte- like i feel like yeah. i feel like her and america ferrera from barbie are like the like badasses of both movies a little bit like you know obviously I, you love killian murphy and you love margot robbie and the rest of the cast but i feel like those two specifically they're key, very key pieces like oh, yeah. i love what she's she's just like what like well, why did you shake his hand why would you shake his hand after he just did that <laughs> What's wrong? That she does the she gets interrogated and she's like, "That's a dumb question. Why don't you ask me the that?" Cross examine. <laughs> so, I forgot the name throughout this whole thing. So dumb. Why would you do that? That's and then Jason Clark's in this. Jason movie Clark's too. very like, good. And you know what? Great. We, we gotta bring him up. Matt Damon. Matt Damon's in this movie. This, Matt Damon, like, like it could have been like distracting because he is he, he's you know arguably like the biggest name he, you think? yeah he's kind of like like especially with everybody in this movie he's probably the biggest like name of all of them really and um but yet he's still he's very good he's so he is so funny like i was thinking about where, where he's like he's like yeah I, I had my suspicion i am i had like i had light suspicions about you and then uh i'll be is like um you know, I'm I'm a New Deal Dem- I'm a New Deal Democrat, and he's like, like I said, like, <laughs> like suspicions. <laughs> or uh, obviously, I thought this is the most important thing that ever happened in the history of the fucking world. <laughs> and it's, and like, it's one of the few times. Yeah. It's one of the few times where somebody can say that line like that 
And it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, we, uh, we uh, I feel like our new meme is just near zero. Yeah, that's, that's, I've seen, I've seen that and Mojo Dojo Casa House everywhere. Like, like those are the two things I've seen the most of all over the place now. Like, like Disney Castle when it's normal, Barbie's Dream House. When it's the pink version, it's right now from the 50th anniversary, Mojo Dojo Casa House. <laughs> <laughs> actually there was one that was really funny because like when stitch opened at magic kingdom they had toilet paper all over the magic kingdom <laughs> so, so they had it as a mo- mojo dojo, dojo casa, casa house, house. <laughs> um trying to think uh, it's, it's such a great but again going back to um i want to go back to robert downey jr real quick because he is almost he's he's like he's almost the other lead with killian he's like respects. the other lead he's like you know, we you kind of said like Emily Blunt, sort of like America Ferrera. I think Robert, like Robert Downey Jr., like the Ryan Gosling <laughs> is Ken. He's Ken. You know, he is um, man, and you're like wow, and like he's great as Iron Man. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know we've t- we talked about, but like he is oh, he's so it's so great to see him in a way that's not like as a character who's not flattering, Mm-mm. is not like a sexy character. No. he's what's funny. Um, because I agree 110. percent He's incredible in the movie. I like if he doesn't get nominated, I'll be shocked. But um, what's funny about that? Um, going back to what I was saying earlier is that I had an idea for like, like if we were gonna do like a Barbenheimer in spirit type episode, because I I was watching this and it made me think of Zodiac, which is another like uh like about a very specific time in history, and he's in that. And that was like one of those movies that came out when he was like having his comeback. And he play he plays a character in that that is not a good person, and you don't see him as like the sexy like movie star, but you see, but because I think I think it was before Iron Man came out, but I think it was like on the the heels of Iron on Man, the verge. yeah. Um, and so like uh, you see you see him as like this incredible actor in this film, and he's so good in that movie. And then I started thinking about like because that's also a really long, again, sort of biopic about a very specific like change in time and like in history and stuff with like the zodiac killer and then i'm like well funny enough uh the the barbie movie made me think of the lego movie which (laughs) which is like another like toy property but it's also a little bit about like what's my existence in the world sort of sort of thing so i'm like the lego zodiac movie (laughs) lego zodiac That'd be a fun. That'd be like my in spirit Barbenheimer thing. Like these two that, that, completely different that, things. <laughs> that that would be an interesting one for sure. Um, but like, it, but, but I think there was. But yeah. I guess the point I'm trying. I guess I was trying to make is that it was like, it was a nice, like you were saying, it's a nice reminder that Robert Downey Jr. is not just like Iron Man. He's like, not that he's not great as Iron Man, but like he's also just a genuinely he's incredible, incredible actor. actor. Yeah. He, who's give, who's taken like before Iron like he well he did freaking Tropic Thunder the same year as Iron Man yeah and we talked we talked we talked about that one and it's just like he's amazing and in this in this movie um I also like to note too that his last movie that he did was Doolittle and that movie also had clipboard guy himself <laughs> Rami Malek <gasps> did he have a clipboard no he was a gorilla that's why that's why it failed <laughs> it, it's it's the scene where, he, where he's like covering his eyes and. And Downey's Doolittle's like it's okay to be scared. Listen, if he was a gorilla with a clipboard, that would have gotten like 100 percent of Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> all the Oscars it, it, easily. 
<laughs> even with um, them pulling something out of the dragon's ass in that movie. It would have been um, the clipboard. <laughs> it would have been the clipboard. They were trying to find the stinking clipboard. They needed it because they knew this movie needed to be great, and they didn't have a clipboard, so they had to find they, it. They, they were so desperate. Um, but it's like the um, there's a line that, like, uh, you know, amateurs, amateurs, uh, are in the sun, you know, they do, they, they show there's stuff in the sun and the real, ge- and he said the real geniuses are in the shadows. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun, like, ooh. It's mysterious. <laughs> mysterious. <laughs> but also, I think we, we might have talked about Killian Murphy. Um, Oppenheimer himself. We, he's the Batman, I feel like, because <laughs> we've, <laughs> he is Batman. Because Killian, had, uh, uh, he screen tested. He did. Um, he was he. The, you he, can actually see the like on the bonus features his screen test for Batman, and he's wearing the the Kilmer suit and everything. Um, it would have been interesting to see his take on Batman, but he was a great scarecrow. I'll say that he was very good. Yeah, I think it it, it was one of those things where it, it worked. Everything worked out. Yeah, and he was great. He was a terror. He's a scary villain. I was remember being scared of him when I watched when I first watched Batman Begins but, and Red Eye. Remember when uh, we watched that together. And we, Red Eye, he's very he's, he's he's got those he's got those eyes, man. And seeing eyes. that in on a giant like hundred foot seventy mill IMAX seventy millimeter, just like just, just like like <laughs> like you're wondering why you're also having like a crisis. Like I didn't build this thing. What are you doing? I didn't make this, but I feel complicit. Oh. I am also responsible for this, Bob. Damn I it! I have also become Death Destroyer of Worlds. And the two times where he that that is said in the movie are both memorable. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but but again, like I think this movie it is a very talk a talky movie. But I think but it was cool about it is like it uses IMAX in a way that's not like how we normally think of IMAX. Because IMAX is normally like oh the big movie, the big the big blockbuster, like the big superhero, big spec. And there's spectacle. There's like definitely Trinity, spectacle. Yeah, that Trinity scene again. I know I keep talking about it, but I'm like, I, I was on the edge of my freaking seat. And then we, we're like, like Fee, Fee and I were bracing ourselves, ready, waiting for that sound, that boom. So I was, we knew it was coming. I was gripping my shorts, <laughs> like I'm holding on to my my pant leg, just like as you know the the countdown's going on, and I'm going ten, nine, and you see freaking Josh Peck's hand shaking, being a truther that he is, uh, <laughs> and like he finally presses the button. And then you just see the explosion, and you see like the white, and all the all these guys with their like uh, welders glass, as they call it. Um, and then of course the the like the the feeling of the explosion. I so thought Jack Quaid was getting glass in his face. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't, but I was so thought like the glass was just the wind because he made that comment about the windshield. Like I'm fine. I don't need a. A UV thing that I thought the glass was just going to go, psh, and you're like, ah! But I'm glad that didn't happen because the movie was harrowing enough as it was. <laughs> he got bongos. Okay. <laughs> he got bongos. Um, so that that works out. You know, good on. Plus, you know, listen, Jack Quaid deals with enough. He's got Homelander. He was a ghost face at one point. He's trying to make a movie. <laughs> He's Superman. He's Superman. Listen, Jack Jack Quaid's got a lot on his plate. He doesn't need glass in his face. He was also on Red Letter Media. He was on, his, uh, on a video. <laughs> I, of I do remember you telling me about that. <laughs> um, 
I'm trying to think. I'm glad you mentioned Josh Peck because I was thinking about it like as we were talking about other things. I'm like, oh, we forgot to mention Josh Peck. Mention Josh Peck, jo- dude, freaking Roderick from uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking about that. Roderick rules. The funniest thing was hearing Nolan say the word. Say, I think Nolan, Nolan said Roderick Nolan rules. Saying the words Roderick rules, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe this timeline isn't so bad. Like Nolan has said, like Talladega Nights is one of his favorite movies. So, I mean, like... if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> you know, when I was, I, I envisioned Talladega Nights in IMAX 70 millimeter, and I wanted to see uh, the actors Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen running on the racetrack in IMAX 70 millimeter. Dude, dude, no, but Sasha Baron Cohen would have played the Benny Safdie character. <laughs> he would have. Oh, not that. Like, no, <laughs> Benny Safdie. Uh, he is really, he's really good. He's so good yeah. at the movie. There's so many people. Um, I mean, obviously, Florence Pugh, we talked about, is, she's incredible in the movie. Um, she, uh, who else? There's so many people. I feel like we need to list everybody, or else we're, like, failing. <laughs> Like who who, like so, who who are we missing? So many, so many people. Um, we talked about Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. I mentioned him. Freaking um, um uh, Jarvis, <laughs> who was in who was in Dunkirk, but yes, um, um but also Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine this. from Dark Knight Rises. Uh, though most people say Stranger Things, I say Dark Knight Rises, and I say uh I, I, uh Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> okay, um, sorry. No, I'll let you say it. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't need to say it. <laughs> Go, I'm giving you the floor. Full Metal Dragon. <laughs> yeah, he did the thing. <laughs> Dark Knight. Wads. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my God. There's. I know we're missing somebody. I know. I know. Like, there's got to be someone we're not thinking of because we mentioned Crumholtz. We mentioned. Is, it, is hold on. There's somebody I think I need to... Oh! David Desmelchin! David Des... Dude, you wanted to hear a funny a funny story? Tell me. Uh, about David Desmelchin. So my mom was talking with somebody, and she was like, Oh yeah, my my um, my kid is an assistant to... You don't, probably don't know this actor, David Desmelchin. And I go, What the fuck?! <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding, Polka Dot Man?! What? The creepy guy in the dark night? The creepy guy from Prisoners? <laughs> he was also in Dude! <laughs> the squiggle, the, like, 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 the, the slug dude from Quantumania? <laughs> he is our hero, honestly. Listen, um, I was just so happy to see him go from, like, creepy joker henchman in dark knight to being elevated all the way to like a full-fledged like character in this movie <laughs> i'm like dude i love it i love that he came back for this movie um and he's fun he's very good in it oh my god <sighs> casey affleck is in this movie oh yeah yeah there's that as well uh, <laughs> 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 uh but uh who else was in <laughs> I'll just read off. Just reading off every name. Just, just no, just do it. Just okay. Um, uh, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Alden Ehrenreich, Scott Grimes, uh, Jason Clark, Kurt Kohler, um, Tony Goldwyn. Tony Goldwyn's in this. What the? <laughs> uh, John Gowans, uh, 
Macon, uh, Blair, James, Dar- James Darcy, who's you know you were mentioning yeah. before, uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Harry Go- Groner, um, uh, Gregory uh, Gregory Jabara, uh, Ted King, Tim Decay, uh, Stephen Huska, Tom Conti as Einstein, uh, David Krumholtz, um, uh, Peter uh, Vink, um, Matthias uh, Schweinhofer. Um, Who's the dude that played? Is, is, is either of those people the guy that played Heisenberg? Yeah, uh, Schweinhofer. Is, yeah, uh, Heisenberg. He was in that Army of the Dead movie, and then oh. yeah, and then he he directed like the the spinoff, the Army of Thieves, I think. Richard, Richard, if I read everybody, this is going to take like five minutes. Well, I I meant like you know, read who we haven't mentioned. Nope. I guess uh, well, it's a lot. <laughs> David Desmelchin. <laughs> Polka dot man. Um. Uh, Olivia Thrillby's in this movie. Yeah, I was like, I kept thinking, like, hey, dread. <laughs> it's like whoa. <laughs> I'm just making sure I didn't miss. Oh, Hap Lawrence is Lyndon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's oh, shit. Oh god, what happened? No, nothing happened. It's good. Anyway. It's a stacked yes. cast. Uh, it's a sta- it is a very, very, and I think that's why, not that awards are important, but I feel like Nolan has a legitimate chance at best director here because the visual and technical component of this movie are so goddamn impressive, but also directing a bunch of these people to maybe some of their best work of their career, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, it's it's honestly, like, I think this might be my favorite Nolan movie, thinking about it. It's it's definitely I think it's definitely up there for me I think I mean yeah I think I think as as a movie I feel like it feels like it does feel like a culmination of everything after all is said and done um, yeah it does feel I love I love when a director does something different every so often because like I mm-hmm. watch something like Tenant and I watch something like Inception or even Interstellar like a lot of that feels like in in Nolan's like you feel like okay this makes sense that this is a Nolan movie um right and then you watch this and it, it feels so different i mean like this is like the first r rated movie he's done in a long time since what the following or memento or something or no insomnia probably insomnia yeah. there's like good. there's like people dropping f bombs which i haven't seen in a while there's nudity <laughs> like, like, <laughs> i mean you know it it definitely it ca- it made me think of when, um, like, like uh, Guillermo del Toro did like Shape of Water, for example. Yeah. When that yeah, yeah, that yeah. felt like it was, like it it took everything that that you l- knew and loved about del Toro, but then it was elevated, and was a very mature story, and it was like it had a lot of things like that you just don't necessarily expect from from del Toro anymore and like the same can be said with nolan like a lot of, like you're watching a lot of this and you're like emily blunt just said fuck <laughs> like both killian murphy and florence Pugh are naked just talking to each other about like stuff that's sad <laughs> and you're like what is happening right now and oh hi thank you oh Joey, my mother's here, and she wanted to say something about Barbie. I know we're on Oppenheimer, but I said she could. No, that's fine. No, um, we got we got we got to say it. Um, what what did you think of Barbie, Mom? 
I love Barbie. I want to be in Barbie land. But Ken is a no-go. I'm not in love with Ken. Even though you're married to a Ken. I know, but <laughs> I didn't like when the movie went to Ken land. Let's I mean, just Ken, say. Kendom? The Kendom? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Kendom I could have <laughs> stopped the movie when Barbie was in Barbie land and been totally happy. Left the theater, ate my popcorn, and been fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they got to drag it out and let Ken have two, count them, two <laughs> dance scenes. Song and dance, no. Mm-mm. In fairness, too, it's Ryan too, too many. <laughs> she can't hear you. <laughs> it's a, well, I'm, I'm just saying this for the record. <laughs> he said, in fairness, it is Ryan Gosling singing the songs. So what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> His face. <laughs> yeah. This is this is. Barbie shocking. can sing. <laughs> Joey said this is shocking. <laughs> Nope, I'm not a Gosling fan. Uh, not even with his muscles and his blonde hair. Uh, and his beachness. But he's so good at beach. <laughs> Whatever. Bye. Bye, thank you. Love you. Bye, <laughs> Tina. Thank you for the insight. Joey said thank you. Thank you, Joey. Love you. She said love you. That's staying in. <laughs> um, Just... <gasps> I, know what I, I know what I'm going to use for the after credits audio now. And... It's it's great. Um, anyway, uh, Oppenheimer, but uh, but it, it does feel like a culmination for a lot of the thing, like a lot of his themes. But also, it's a, a a movie that's very different from a lot of the stuff, and that's always really cool. Yeah, um, really cool to see. It it's it feels like um, it's like I, I look at something like Dunkirk. Which like I feel like out like Interstellar Dunkirk era felt like like this is when we're getting the real change like this is like a new era of Nolan. Then he does Tenet and it's like it feels very like Inception, but then like you know it's with it's like it's like when James Wan did Malignant. It's like he's taking every it's like a very old school James Wan movie, but he's taking everything he learned about filmmaking and bringing it to this, and it's like a whole new exciting experience. It's like this is like this is what this movie would have looked like. Or what I guess what they wanted it to look like when they initially made it or something, if that makes sense. And then right, right. and then this feels like it really feels like sort of like a like an opus. You know, like a mm. like a magnum opus sort of situation. Um I, 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 I'm still I guess I'd have to think about because 'cause I'm 'cause I'm still kinda processing the movie after all yep. is said because I literally just watched it. Uh <laughs> you, at least you had like a second to to really like I, let I it go. I had cook. almost a week. To, yeah. Yeah. But like I'm literally just going, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm definitely. I mean, I'll I'll watch it again once it comes out on disc. But I'm obviously we're gonna wait a second because he got that 90 day approval from Universal. Um, so it's gonna be a second. But you know, hopefully it has a really good run. Um, but uh, it's I think it's definitely up there for me as like one of my favorites from him. because um, it it just feels it feels so different from anything else. But. I, I guess I'd have to think about it a little bit, but I did like it quite a bit, honestly. Barbenheimer right. as a whole was just fantastic. It is, and it, these are two very different like studio movies made by, um, made by some of our best like, uh, almost like, celeb. I want to say celebrity directors. Okay. I guess like 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 they're like 
Nolan, especially, he's like a brand name. Yeah, he, it's almost like the the closest thing I can think of is like a Steve, like Steven Spielberg when he was firing on all like cylinders at like his blockbuster mode. Like, oh, it's a it's a Steven Spielberg movie, and like it's almost like the IP is that the director's <laughs> name. Yeah, uh, and Greta Gerwig, of course, is is become a favorite in recent years. Um, made some incredible movies. I think Barbie continues that streak. We have the both of these movies have incredible energy. Okay? So much energy. Uh, so so much. Kenergy. Maybe maybe a dangerous uh, level of energy. <laughs> uh, the second movie is definitely about the caution of having too much energy. In theory, if, listen. In theory, if you have too much energy, the world could be doomed. <laughs> it's doomed. Can um, doomed. But they're both very <laughs> can doomed. <laughs> and then you get a mojo dojo casa house kind of situation. That's what we call mojo dojo casa planet. Um, but it, it's both great movies, and I think ultimately, like I was saying before, but like, it, if it, what's great about it is like this Barbenheimer thing has really helped both movies. It's like like no one's hindered in this. Like it, it's it's like oh hey you know it's people who normally probably wouldn't have seen Oppenheimer are going to see Oppenheimer mm-hmm. after or before they see Barbie and then vice and vice versa and what's and it was I'm sorry yeah what I really love about it is like I feel like there was a point in history when I mean that's still kind of the case in many respects but uh, I feel like in an earlier days of our lives. Uh, um, this would have been like a versus thing. And I feel like maybe some people would have tried to turn it as like a Barbie versus Oppenheimer, like who's going to win. But I love that everybody, at least that I've seen, has really celebrated both of them coming out at the same time. Like I, 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 That's probably my favorite aspect of the whole thing, is that everybody came together collectively and was just like, let's just do it. Let's just let's start with Barbie or, and go, go to Oppenheimer. Let's go to Oppenheimer and then to Barbie. Um, like there's no wrong answer. To how you yep, do it, I no. think. Um, Though I, I'm glad I did it the way I did it. Same, because I can't, I can't imagine going from Oppenheimer and then sitting through Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely glad I went Barbie first, but I was more excited, admittedly, for Barbie. I think because I just wanted to see that, and then obviously I wanted to celebrate. And I like Christopher Nolan, obviously, so I was, yep. I was excited to watch Oppenheimer. Though I think maybe it would be funny if, like, initially I thought, oh, I can have. Uh, uh, Barbie, I could have Oppenheimer and then do Barbie afterwards because I'll have a little bit more fun. And it is a lot more fun, but there's still that aspect of like, why are you making me think things again? <laughs> you make you think things again, but also you just came out of a movie about the atomic bomb <laughs> and you're thinking about all of that. And you're thinking about and... just like human existence in Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> like like the, the whole point of Barbie is like, people are complicated. <laughs> but they're people. Like Bar- Barbie... Barbie has a lot of themes, but it's at least fu- Oppenheimer is pretty heavy. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're doing the Barbenheimer thing, just I guess take note of that. But um, it's you just know, it's great. It's and, yeah. It's sorry. It's, I was reading a box office article where it's like Haunted Mansion's coming out this coming weekend, which I'm going to see it. I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. But they're like they said Barbenheimer will remain on top, and that's kind of a cool thing. It's like it's not trying to separate the two entities. It's like no, we this is. This they're they're sort of united, and I think they're, good, you know, for whatever you think, it's they're going to be linked at the hip. Yeah, um, I think. When we, it, whenever, how cool? We think of one, you think of the other. How cool would it be? And this would suck only because it'd be a long wait. But how cool would it be if Barbie and Oppenheimer came out on disc the same day? I would love that. I think they should. <laughs> they really should do that. Listen, if Universal uh, and Warner Brothers like want to like stop being jerks and 
in a lot of respects. They should just uh, do like a combo pack, like a Barbenheimer combo, and literally just have like here's the 4K copy of of Barbie and Oppenheimer in the same thing. No, you see what I was thinking too. I know somebody like there's so many cu- custom like Barbenheimer things. I can imagine somebody makes like a custom steelbook oh, for yeah. Barbenheimer, so you can house both movies. That would be uh, so that good. would be that would be incredible. I would but, I would literally buy like yeah. separate copies just to get the disc and put it in that. Like that would be really cool. Actually, yes. oh oh yeah, uh, folks folks, did you see Barbie first or did you see Oppenheimer first? How was how was your uh, whole Barbenheimer experience in general? On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your Kennergy? Um, how how much did you uh, freak out when Oppenheimer freaked out? Because <laughs> I freaked out a lot. <sighs> I guess the chances of that are near zero. Hopefully, near zero. <laughs> what do you want? The theory alone. Zero. <laughs> zero would be nice. Damn it! But that's gonna end. And speaking of zero, we've run out of time. Thank you, folks, for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone. Happy Barbenheimer! Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double double feature. I want to be in Barbie land.